In today's episode, I get to hang out with one of my good friends and clients, Scott. Now, Scott and Maddie are a couple who've been on this journey with us for the last couple of years. And what's really important about their journey is not the fact that they've already got now four properties in their portfolio, but it's really a story of reflection, really making sure that you move into solution focus mode and start powering your head with a portfolio that the best decisions can be made with towards the tail end. And this is what Scott and Maddie's journey is on. Starting with a journey where the assets in the portfolio weren't doing their thing. Units, backyard, comfort, thinking of things that drive them. But even when you fast forward 10 years, give it the time that a property should deserve to show itself in performance, it just didn't. However, later on this journey, a family home combined with multiple investment purchases through us, things changed rapidly for the better. Scott and Maddie have had a really special journey now where I've no doubt that they're set up for long-term success and from their plans and reviews of their plans, it's clear that this is heading in that direction. So in this episode, I have Scott join us on the Investigate podcast, talking about some of his learnings, his reflections, looking at from a perspective of going at it himself versus having a team and how that team came together to make some pretty special results and getting in properties in some of the best performing cities in Australia over the last couple of years. There's also a couple of key learnings that I took here from his ability to reflect and make solutions to ensure that he gets to their goal together as a family, but also a few here that will make you realize that it's not the end of the world when certain performing assets don't do their thing, or when there's a lot of time in between purchases and things come up on the personal front, which are pretty special milestones that should be celebrated as well. So on that note, check out this episode. You can hear from a really nice and humble dude who's got some great experience now investing and had some pretty phenomenal results. Scott and Maddie, thank you again for joining the show and tune into their story as clients of Investikit and multi-property investors. Now, if you're checking out this episode and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'd love to get in touch with the team at Investikit to experience something similar, uh, fix any portfolio that you've got and turn it into a high-performing one, or you're about to start a portfolio and you want to make sure you get it right from the get-go. Or lastly, you're already an investor with multiple properties and you just want to scale it to new heights. It's quite simple to do, actually. Reach out to the team at investikit.com.au. You can request a free consultation where we'll get a chat to share more about our services, learn more about yourself, and see if we are able to assist, as well as walk you through a presentation that takes you through our research process, our strategy to scale, the back-end tools that we apply to help people map out their portfolio, and even get a goodie of our due diligence checklist so you can see what's really behind the scenes of all the bullet points that we check. That's all available as part of a full consultation with our team. And having that first initial chat, we'll see if that's a fit and we'll go from there. For now, you can tune into Scott and Maddie and see how Scott's journey has unfolded from zero to four properties. Take care. Hey, Scott, thanks again for jumping on the show, mate. I really, really appreciate it. No, good to see you, mate. Mate, I, I want to take you back to day one. I uh, gave everyone tuning in some background on the journey and where you're up to now, but sometimes it's it's good to go to day one. Firstly, when did it start and what was the first investment for you? Uh, for me, so it was back in 2009. I was still living at home with my parents and um, I just wanted to buy property. I didn't know how to go about it. Um, and I guess we were sort of bouncing ideas off my dad at the time. So um ended up buying a unit in the 
I guess in the area surrounding um, surrounding where I lived at the time, and I didn't have a lot of knowledge at that sort of time. I knew what my budget was, and um, at that time, I guess the first homeowners ramp was pretty lucrative as well. So, I decided to buy something at that point in time, and um, they kept that for about six years. Um, I just me and my wife a couple of years later in 2011 bought our um, house that we're still in now. We've done some renovation, quite a lot of renovations too. So that first property um, I purchased at the time was was then sold to pay for um, some of those renos. And then in 2010, my my wife bought a, a unit at Simley. I um, mean, I guess the area that she um, nearby where she lived bought a unit at the time is something we've still got um, still got to this day. Yeah. So I guess on that first property, I know when we've talked about it. And that particular unit example you've mentioned, on reflection, it's been something that hasn't worked out so well. And I know you've still been able to hold it to date, but if we want to unpack that a little bit, because you've obviously had some decisions afterwards that have worked out really well. When we look at that decision of, hey, you know what, this didn't work out so well for me on an investment front, considering the time you've held that in the portfolio, could you maybe break down what the thinking was back then versus kind of what's happened now? Yeah, I guess it comes down to comfort at the time. I guess you're familiar with the areas that you live in. Um, and I guess everyone's restrained by whatever budget is they can work with at the time. So, yeah, I guess probably the alternatives would have been buy something in the area, you know, in the area you know, or the thought of looking at a different state or a different area where I didn't have the confidence to make this, to make an informed decision or the ability to make a decision in a different area. And in, in hindsight, that would have um, been the smarter move or engage a team um, at a much earlier point in time in, I guess, my investment journey. So, Scott, obviously, I think something to point out is that house that you're in now is the place you're living in, and that has done some great things, but that was actually in the same markets in which you'd purchased, you know, there's other properties, there's other investments that hadn't gone so well, could you maybe point out some of the big differences between what went well versus what didn't go well amongst the two investments? Yeah, I guess I've always been someone who's keen to learn a bit, potentially about property. I wanted to, to learn more and grow. And like you mentioned, I guess the, the difference in house price growth between houses and units in Sydney is crazy. Obviously, house, houses have performed, completely outperformed units um, over the last 10, 15 years. And just even from our experiences, the two suburbs that we've bought units, you can just see that Every every couple of months or six months, there's or twelve months, there's a new development coming up in both those areas. So just the supply of those units um, in that area go through the roof, and with that, it obviously has a significant impact on not only renting out those units but also um, capital growth in those areas as well with um, units as opposed to to houses. So with regards to the timeline, it was 2011 where you'd had a few purchases go buy, sell, unit, house in the years prior. But then we didn't really start kicking off our journey until almost a decade later on, right? Now, in that decade in between, usually one would look at that as going, hey, not much happened during this timeline, even though you swung back into action a lot later on. What was happening for you on that end that kind of made the things take a pause? And I guess it would be good to just get some more background there. So I guess we had some major life changes during that period of time. Uh, Maddie and I got married in 2013. Um, our eldest son, Hayden, was born in 2015, um, and then our youngest son, Jesse, was born in 2017. So I guess during that period of time, um, I guess our savings at each month were going up and down, had periods of maternity leave, even if Maddie working reduced hours during that time, whereas it, when it got to probably 2020, um, Maddie was working four days a week, um, our childcare fees were reducing once our kids started to go to school as well, so we just had more disposable income. Um, at that point in time and it's when we made those first investment purchases we were really just trying to get ahead whereas 
by the time we came to you in, I think it was 2020 or 2021, I guess we really had a bit more direction in terms of what our financial goals were, both short term and working towards retirement. Um, as we'd reached out to another business to get a property plan done, they were, they were quite good in terms of mapping things out in terms of what we need to achieve in terms of purchases and capital growth and rental returns over the, that period of time to make sure that um, our retirement goals were um, I guess met at that point, at that stage. So that was at the point we reached out at that stage. Well, you know what lesson that gives me straight away is that it's actually a really good lesson for people to look at it and go, two things. Number one is you can make some moves that maybe haven't gone as well and take a moment to reflect on them and be able to pinpoint what went wrong, which really sounded, sounds like that's what happened for you guys. Yep. But then number two is that you can actually use that gap and if there are other things in life, it's not all about property investing every single year of our life, right? Yeah. And you showed that you can go and tick some of those amazing personal milestones off and then take a moment to reflect and go, hold on a minute, we've made these amazing milestones happen, but now we want to spring back into action. And this is where you start getting a team around yourself from building out a plan, starting to purchase more properties. What was the big driver for you? What was the gear change for you and Maddie to go, hey, we as a family now really want to kick this into the gear. Okay, so I mentioned that we had more, say, I guess more disposable income um, at, at that point in time. And we were living effectively the lifestyle we wanted in terms of we're doing the things we wanted. We're still able to have holidays together as a family. So I guess we, we never wanted to compromise um, our lifestyle too much in the short term. But in the end, we had the ability to make decisions that could assist us in the long term and potentially support our kids along the way as well. So I think just... N- just having that awareness that we're in a position where we can do something and um, make our lives better in the future while not compromising the short term as well um, really made that decision that we wanted to move forward and um, I guess jump ahead of the pack if, if we could. Yeah, and so with this conscious decision, you decided not to be on the journey yourself either, right? Post this planning, you and I had worked together to purchase two more investment properties. What made you feel looking at it that now was the way to go in terms of getting professionals involved around you versus doing it yourself. Yeah, I guess it's just that, I guess it is at the time and it's also been realistic as well. I mean, try to um, try to research or do the work in other markets. Mine is time consuming, but also it's having that awareness that and that insight to know that I'm not a specialist in real real estate um, and that you, know, you, you, pay that, you pay that money up front to work with specialists, but the the, I guess the savings or the profits you make in the long term heavily outweigh um, that that initial upfront cost. And like I said, just about just about learning, just about learning from your mistakes. Obviously, it didn't work well the first time around. And not to say it didn't work well, but we didn't get the best result the first time around. So it's just making sure that I guess you get the best thing around you to get give yourself the chance of I guess the best possible outcome. Well, what you shared with me is the most important thing that many investors often miss out, and that's reflection. It's about where's my strengths, where's my weaknesses, where's my uh, direction, what goals do I want to hit, do I have the tools, capabilities, time, resources to do that, and if not, how do I make it happen so I do? And that's a really powerful trait that very few investors have, where you obviously, uh, self and Maddie, really turned on. Now, reflecting on these last two purchases we've made, they've happened pretty quickly, which now takes your portfolio to a portfolio of four properties and really heading towards that direction in terms of the goal that you'd set and the plan that you'd set. With these last two properties, what are some of the biggest things you've learned on the journey that are maybe important versus not so important when it comes to picking a property that maybe you didn't really think of before working together? Probably just the amount of data that's available. I guess I was blown away a little bit with 
I guess when we first made the presentations of what areas you're potentially recommending that at any given point in time and you know, what are the drivers of promoting growth or promoting better better, better rental incomes. I guess I was, I was still a little bit rigid, I guess, when we first met and I always thought that we were looking at a capital city purchases. That's the path I wanted to go. Um, and, and as it turned out, I guess the first property we bought was in Adelaide um, in that sort of metropolitan area. But I was open to regional purchases based on the information we got. So probably the probably the first bit is just the amount of data and information available that specialists like yourself in the field have access to that someone like myself would never be able to get my hands on or never have the knowledge of being able to put it all together and make make sense of it all. It sounds like whilst there's that element of data that can sometimes be a complex field, at the same time, it sounds like data's actually simplified the journey for you because, you know, when you look at it, the bedrooms the bathrooms the materials the land sizes they're all so different in your home versus each of these investments are also different capital versus regional where it sounds like when you go back to the earlier two investments which were units in in sydney it felt like the criteria for them perhaps might have been the opposite would you say that's the case in terms of a certain look a feel a suburb that you wanted to hit could you maybe walk through the criteria you had then versus the criteria you have now i guess the criteria back then was just an area that I knew well enough that we could inspect um, <laughs> and, and, and keep keep an eye on. Yeah, no, there was probably a, almost a, like a convenience factor at, at the time it's a, or, or a comfortability factor, whereas now it's really look at uh, what what are the drivers of certain areas that are going to promote you know, solid growth year after year or solid, solid rental returns year after year. So it was more data-driven rather than probably emotional convenience driven i would say the favorite thing you said then was keep an eye on how many investors say that but honestly yeah. do you do you really keep an eye on a property when it's in your portfolio how often do you drive by rose hill and just go hmm let me let me have my eye on this place unless i'll guard the races <laughs> i'll probably have, probably have <laughs> gone past it once i could say no it's a really good point and and on that note have you gone past or actually you know, visually inspected or seen the two investments that you've bought? Because that's something that many people feel like they have to do when buying interstate. Was that the case for you? No, and and, and it honestly hasn't been on our radar. I mean, we've had probably, we've had COVID in the meantime as well, but um, no, it's, it's definitely not something that I've thought I've needed to, needed to do. I mean, the real estate agents that have been engaged for us keep us well informed, so I don't feel like there's a need for us to keep an eye out on things. And it's, Five better uses for my holidays, I think. Well, I think uh, that that Barossa or McLaren Vale wine is calling your name to give you a reason to go check out the yeah, that, check that, out the place true. for sure, mate. A bit, a bit of a side better for <laughs> checking on the unit, I think, but not not the main reason. How much weight does it take off your shoulders when you see a decision go right and you see a portfolio start to go in the direction you wanted to go? Because now reflecting on it, it suddenly changed from two units that you know bought and sold, and then you went to the one and that really hasn't done its thing, but now it's turned into a family home that's renovated, growing well, combining it with multiple houses in different parts of the country, diversifying it, growing well. Firstly, I guess, how much weight does that take off the shoulders and knowing that you're heading in the direction of the plan? And then secondly, does this make you feel like decisions are much easier to make now because there's a different way you look at things now? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a weight on your shoulders, like, I guess, probably out of the two I've had a mean Maddie, I was probably put, driving it more, so I guess you know, a bad decision would weigh on me heavily as well, because it's something that I push, and it obviously it would affect Maddie, and not only that, it affects my kids as well, that if it's something that's affecting 
you know, if something doesn't result to a long, t- a good long-term outcome or affects us in the short term, then I definitely would be dealing with the weight, um, the weight of guilt of, of that decision. But yeah, I guess seeing the way um, both those properties are performing now, it's, it's, it's definitely a relief and does, does give you that confidence that once you find that team that you're comfortable working with, you're more likely to succeed and get those outcomes. And any tips uh, to look at for investors where you feel like, hey, you know, you might be on the journey, whether it's your first or subsequent properties, when it comes to selecting the team or even just making sure that they make decisions like you have in the later parts of your portfolio, what are some of the biggest tips that you'd given to investors on their journey? I guess there's a, there's a lot of people spruiking their services. So it's, um, I guess it's probably reaching at first, though, I'd probably just reach out with family or friends and know if there's, you've had anyone else that's been in this, um, in this position or in a similar position and had um, had success. So probably word of mouth through family and friends would be probably the first option I'd go down. I mean, when we first, um, when we first spoke, um, it was a bit of a sort of cold call and I thought I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give this bloke guys in a call and see how things go. And I guess the first, the first meeting just went really well. And sometimes I guess you got to trust your gut feel a little bit. And like I said, it, for me, a lot of it come back to the data and the information you're able to present at that first, first interview and making sure that you've got an understanding of what our goals and circumstances are. Like I'm sure you work with a wide variety of people and they've got all different goals that you're trying to, uh, that they're trying to achieve and making sure that you've got a plan or you've got, I guess you're trying to work to what our individual goals are and tailor, tailoring your services to that, I think is very important. Well, last question for me, mate. Imagine it's, uh, you know, the session going in and before in terms of catching up with us and uh, there is many other professionals on your mind and you've explained a few things of, what made you feel comfortable working with us. But then now let's take all that you've learned in this journey working together as well as acquiring, you know, four properties now over the years and take yourself back to 2010 and 2009. If you were to say an investor is in the similar shoes and wants to make the best possible decisions at that point and you go, hey, here are my top couple of things that I'd avoid or make sure I focus in on, what would they be in your opinion? Uh, I guess the first thing would be to know, you know, what, what's the goal you're working towards. Um, so whether that's short and long term, I think it's, it's much easier to get an outcome when you know what, I guess, what goal you're working to originally and looking what your own strengths are internally um, to begin with and, and what your own weaknesses are and where there's information, I guess, where there, there is a bit of a skill gap there, just making sure you're getting specialist advice. I mean, for us, I guess it took us probably ten, close to 10 years after our first purchases to make two more purchases with you. And obviously that set us back to a degree. Um, but I think just having that specialist advice is critical. And you know, working with you, you had such a big team working around you and everyone that you engage from you know, pest and building inspectors to conveyances to real estate agents, everyone was providing that same level of service as well. So buying a home can be quite stressful at times. And I guess it's stressful at all times, but I mean, it took a, it did take a lot of pressure off um, during that period of time, especially when people are trying to maintain their jobs and family life or whatever else they've got on. Um, knowing that a lot of the communication, a lot of that process is taken care of, and for the most part, it's just, hey Scott, I've got an update here for you. This is where things are at. That's that's really good. Thanks for laid off. Well, I think there's definitely no shortage of tips there in terms of just reflection and being able to look at the best decisions that worked out well, the decisions that didn't, how you really made sure you didn't get too stuck into that and actually just progress from having a team around you, setting the right plan and and most importantly, taking action. One thing that many might forget is that the years that you really ramped up the activity in recent years 
were also the years that many were paralyzed, frozen, not sure what to do, should I do something, should I not? There's so much going on in the world, which I think the biggest thing to me makes importance of a plan and also being able to reflect in action from there. So Scott, you and Maddie have had some phenomenal success now in the investing space, and I've no doubt that it'll continue to go really well. Thanks for your time today and appreciate you sharing the journey, reflecting on it, what worked, what didn't work, and most importantly, how to get ahead now with the knowledge that you've gained on the journey. Thanks again. No worries, mate. Appreciate your help. Chat soon.